All right, and we're going out to Milwaukee, the Games and Grub podcast. Hey, well, what are we calling this? Grubs and Games? Games and Grubs? Games and Grubs. So, Games and Grubs. All right. Games and Grubs, best podcast on the planet. How are we doing? Thanks for supporting the Games and Grub. Shout out Games and Grub Radio. Friendship with the Games and Grub podcast. Welcome yeah. to Games and Grub. I appreciate your patience tonight. It's been a moment since I've done some public speaking. Fine nowadays is, you know, best to keep quiet. But uh, sometimes you just gotta let it out. Young angel and young lion. You know what it is. Uh, look, I'm the property of October. Zach Casios, how are you? In the building, doing well this beautiful Saturday morning in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Beautiful. We are back. It is our last in-studio show of the fall 2020 semester. How about that? We're, we finished. There was a lot of doubters who said Games and Grub wouldn't make it this far, and we did. Hey, look, we're doing bigger than the Big Ten football right now. <laughs> we got through a full season. A we're doing full be- season. We're doing better than not that it matters. Again, no comparison game, but as I always say, we're doing better than maybe part of us thinks we should. But we're here. It is November fourteenth, twenty twenty. How was your week? I had a wonderful week. Um excited to be here, excited to finish off the semester. We cannot thank everyone enough this semester for all the help through all this COVID uh, stuff going on. The fact that we can be in the studio, we're blessed. Uh, thank you guys for listening out there, and let's let's have a great day. Let's have a fun show. We are here in the beautiful Johnson Hall Studios, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 414-288-7091. I'm going to give you the number again, 414-288-7091. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram as well at GrubMUR. That's at GrubMUR. We are less than a week away from Thanksgiving. We're going to get into a couple revisionist history items, which I really am excited for. We I mentioned how blessed we are to do this show, Zach. We're coming up on around two or so years, two, two plus, maybe two and a half, going into three years of Games and Grub. And that means that we have archives of this week's show from one year ago and also this week's show from two years ago which is a huge blast from the past but we're going to talk about one of my most controversial takes of all time relating to thanksgiving foods we have mr kevin pelton of espn the nba draft insider nba draft analyst nba draft writer you see him everywhere these days the nba draft is october excuse me november 18th Next week on ESPN, obviously our man Marcus Howard is in a lot of discussions. LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards. We talk it all with Kevin Pelton. That is, we'll play at the top of the hour at around 20 minutes from now. We're going to ask the questions. Are we concerned about Tom Brady? Are Jackson's Blue Ribbon Pub, do they have the best cheese curds in Milwaukee, according to Jenny Fisher? Do you check out on movies after they, excuse me, before they finish, did you get a ladybug in your mask at Marquette's campus this week? And that seems oddly specific. Okay, so let's start with that. All right, let's go to, get right after it. Let's screw the script. Remember about a couple, it was about maybe a week and a half ago, maybe around election day, that there were so many ladybugs on campus. 
Was Did it, you notice this? No, was it breeding season for the ladybugs? Do you know why? Uh, is there a breeding season? I for don't ladybugs? know. I don't so know. on campus, again, if my memory fails me, it was around election day, so around a couple weeks ago, and it was super nice. Everyone was outside walking, t-shirt and shorts. Now it's, you know, 30 degrees again, so we're back to normalcy. Speaking of the new normal this year, we're back to around regular Milwaukee weather. But the ladybugs were out in full force. And I remember coming back to the house after a full walk back from my class. And there's one stuck to my backpack. And the worst part, I was walking back and one got stuck in my mask right next to my nose. And I had to take the mask off, like flick the ladybug away and keep going. I, I could not believe the outbreak of not only COVID-19, but also ladybugs in 2020. And maybe it's just a Milwaukee thing. Maybe it's a nice no, that, weather thing. That is definitely, I see it now. Because I remember in class, I saw a girl, um, she like hit her jacket and her water fell on the ground. One of those nice metal water bottles. You know that sound when a water bottle hits, uh, hits the ground in the middle class. of the classroom? So that happened. Uh, and I think her excuse for knocking over a water bottle was there's a ladybug on me. Not that ladybugs are harmful. We love ladybugs. But... They were just everywhere. It's kind of like the... No, I, I was going to make a bad comparison. I was going to say, it, it's like the cicadas. Remember the cicadas were out when we were like eight, in, especially in Massachusetts. Maybe maybe Midwest people didn't get that. But there was the whole cicada outbreak, and we like literally couldn't go outside. That was... It reminded me of the ladybugs this week because they were everywhere. So if you're a Marquette student, I bet you I'm not on an island with this take. Around, yeah, call in if you've seen a ladybug in the past couple weeks. I bet you around a couple weeks ago, again, election day, maybe it was nicer, la- early last week. Let's hear it. Someone back up Aiden. 414-288-7091. We will, I guess we already did answer that question. We will answer the question, is pie and ice cream the most American meal you can have, especially around Thanksgiving? What is your favorite pie? And we'll get into a bunch of stuff miscellaneous but let's start with i don't want to call it a somber note but we have to pay tribute before we begin with any of our sports and food conversation being a media platform being a tv radio under the marquette wire umbrella we do this we talk about sports and we lost a great one who talked about sports this week mr tommy heinson and I found I found a little compilation of some of the great sounds, and Zach and I know him well. This hit us hard this week. So before we start, before we get into the quote-unquote meat and potatoes of our show, we got to pay tribute to Mr. Tommy Heinsohn. lost a great one this week. Tommy Heinsohn, beloved to Celtics fans worldwide, died Monday at the age of 86. Heinsohn is the only individual to be involved with the Celtics in all 17 of the franchise's championships, from player to coach to color commentator. Additionally, in one of the rarest cases you'll see in all of sports, he was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame as a player in 1986 and again as a coach in 2015. Most fans alive today, however, recognize him as the color commentator for Celtics games alongside play-by-play voice Mike Gorman 
and the two called games together for 39 years, the longest stretch in all of professional sports. The essence of multifaceted, Tommy had a broadcasting style that was just as tenacious as his play and as his coaching. All you have to do is listen. I'm Mike Gorman along with Tom Heinz and welcome back to our coverage of Boston Celtic basketball. As you can probably tell, Tommy didn't hide from the fact he was a homer. This is bogus. This is stupid! You'll notice through these first couple clips, Tommy has witnessed all of the Celtics legends from era to era. From Larry Bird, to Paul Pierce, to Isaiah Thomas, and so on. Hey. Go home, will you? 46. about four possessions ago, and he's done it twice without a handkerchief. LeBron is giving it the all, I'm the king. You're making a jester out of me. Well, it's the great LeBron, we're not fouling him out. Well, he'd get like 12 fouls in a game. After what LeBron has been doing to everybody, they call that Joe, get your uniform and your whistle for crying out loud. You you could stand at half court and ref better than these guys. Rest in peace, Tommy. Nothing's gonna happen here unless it's the, the best tip in play of the century. Well, here we go. Just a little tribute to our man Tommy, because we are huge Boston fans, Zach, and that that one hit us hard this week. So we are thankful for not only Tommy's work. Excuse me. We're not. We're thankful not only for his work and how we're able to talk about sports every weekend in our silly little show, but what else are you thankful for as we get into Thanksgiving talk? Everyone, I know you wanted to touch on this. We're going home. It's 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 been a long summer. It's been a long couple months since we've been home. But I I mentioned the whole revisionist history. Going back and listen to Thanksgiving games and grub episodes that we've done in the past. Two questions that I've brought up to everyone who's been sitting at this desk. First, what are you thankful for? And second, what's on your plate? So start with the first one. What what are you thankful for, Zach? Man, everything this semester. Just happy to be back uh, in Milwaukee. Thank Marquette, uh, keeping us in, in person for some classes. Happy to be here and 
the end of the day, thankful to be be able to to share some words on Marquette Radio with you. Man, it has been you couldn't have said it better myself. It has been an absolute pleasure to not only be here with you, but to be able to be in person for this whole semester. And it, we are, and again, there's, there's, God knows there's a ton of controversy around it, but at the essence, having that personal connection with professors, students, growing friendships, even in the midst of pandemic, the world has shown it can be possible even through virtual connection and the experiences that everyone's gone through. Everyone this semester and really this whole calendar year has definitely, I think, will pay dividends in terms of growing their character, being better people at the end of the day, because obviously everyone who's lived through this has gone through a crazy hardship that almost none under almost in a hundred years that Americans and, you know, the human race really ha- hasn't been able to, or hasn't experienced, uh, hasn't experienced. Yeah. I was going to try something to say dealt with, uh, hasn't dealt I with, haven't. thankfully. So with that being said, everyone who's going home, be safe, get tested or quarantined before you go home. Be smart. Be smart this weekend. Be smart next weekend. We'll be taking off next weekend, so that's why this will be the last in-studio show. We're going to head back home a couple days early. But second question, right in the Games and Grub uh, loophole. Uh, not loophole. My vocabulary is not there this morning. What's on your plate? Give me maybe a starting a starting five, if you will, of your you know, form a team around the turkey. What what do you think is on your plate this coming year? Cranberries, stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy. Oh, gravy. The gravy's something I forgot about. Thank you. What do you what do you got? A cranberry like cranberries or cranberry sauce? Cranberries. Really? Yeah. No sauce. Whole cranberries. No, definitely cranberry sauce. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was gonna say. For me, have to also have to put cranberry sauce up there. It was and I referenced one of my most controversial takes, and we'll get to that in a second. Have to have cranberry sauce. That's my favorite side dish. Have to have obviously the turkey. Stuffing has grown on me in the past couple of years. I initially wasn't a big stuffing fan at Thanksgiving dinners that we've done. But it's grown on me, so that's three. I'm not as much of a gravy guy. I don't pour gravy on every part of the meal like I know a lot of people do. And again, I'm not going to trash you for it because Scott Van Pelt, hashtag no food shaming. But I'm going to go with around the turkey, obviously, turkey, stuffing, cranberry sauce, maybe a little sweet potato, and then got to have some green beans as well just for the diversity you got you got to eat the rainbow so maybe that's a little maybe that comes off as as a little healthier but i don't i don't mean it to be that way my second point on this the canned cranberry sauce debate it was one of my most controversial takes of all time last uh excuse me 2018 freshman year we were in here and this was before zach Passios had even signed a long-term contract with games and grub and we'll get into Zach's guest appearances on the show later on today because in our revisionist history segment, there's a lot to get to. But one of my, going back to two years ago, I said that I liked the canned cranberry sauce better than fresh and homemade. And 
my own mother came out of the woodworks. I had aunts and uncles coming out of the woodworks saying this was ridiculous. It, just like Tommy Heinsohn, this is ridiculous. And not that I should be shamed for it, but they were just surprised, mouth agape. And the question remains today on November 14th, 2020, has anything changed with this take? For me, this is really, it's, it's a, it's a toss up still today. Maybe, maybe it Do was you have a the win. take? Can you mention it for the people at home? Well, I, this is what I tried to do last night, Zach, when we were trying to get ready and, and make the topic list and make the script. I searched for maybe 60 damn minutes looking for this. Because we have an episode, if you go back into the Games and Grow Up podcast uh, archives, it's titled The Cranberry Sauce Extravaganza. And in the description it says, I wrote, Aiden gives, quote, his most controversial take yet. And I'm like, yep, I remember writing that and saying... Cranberry sauce, or canned cranberry sauce was my most controversial take. And I listened to the whole Thanksgiving. I, I pulled up the show prep that we did from that day, tried to find the audio, could not find it for the life of me. Me saying that cranberry sauce is better than fresh homemade cranberry sauce. And I couldn't. Have I couldn't you ever find had it. fresh homemade cranberry sauce? We're just going to get into the yes. topic one more time. If anyone wants to call in and help me figure this out with Aiden, because Aiden's having a tough time over here, he still thinks that canned cranberry sauce is better than homemade. You've had homemade cranberry sauce. I'll say, I'll say this, and it's kind of a cop out answer. Freshman year, I thought it was no doubt win for canned. Now it's almost a pick 'em. It's a, it's a toss up today. Do you is have that, a sp- certain brand can? No. If you're doing no, so you just. I think, think what turns me sauce. off. I think what turns me off about the homemade is the chunks of cranberries in it. Yeah, I mean, just like anything, it's like if. Do you like pulp in your orange juice? No. No. So you're like a very thin. You want everything prepped the, and. This was what also artificial. We had a, remember we had a we remember we had a pulp versus non-pulp debate. Yeah, going I'm back. still a pulp person. I'm not. I, I'll still... That that definitely has not changed with me. I'd still be no pulp in the orange juice. All right, but have you ever made your own cranberry sauce? Like, I remember one of our uh, school field trips in, like, fourth grade was to go to a cranberry bog, and we got to take some cranberries and go home and make some cranberry sauce. That's New England for you. That sounds like you. a great trip. Yeah, that I think we went down to Cape Cod, home of, home of many cranberry bogs. Many dogs. cranberry bogs. Home of Ocean Spray. Ever heard of yep, it? Yep, yep. Yeah. And we got to make our own cranberry sauce, and that's why I don't think that canned sauce is better than homemade cranberry sauce. Okay, so... Try, try making it. I'll, I'll put a challenge on you this season. This Thanksgiving, this holiday season, make your own cranberry sauce, see how it goes. You know Just what? take a shot. It's a, it's a relatively easy task. I mean, it's not like you're making a full turkey or making stuffing. Those, those things, those two come up to mind, obviously, as having greater prep time. Cranberry sauce, it seems like even on a normal, you know, pre-Thanksgiving dinner night, I could I could whip that up, especially with my growing cooking skills being here at uh, Yeah, what else did you cook today? Can we do campus. food of the week? Food of the week. What do you got? I had some amazing chicken quesadillas this week that I made. I made about six of them. I think I'm addicted to cheese since I'm in Wisconsin. <laughs> I've had cheese curds this week. I've had quesadillas this week. I've put cheese on just about everything you can imagine. Um, That's but, hey, good... I'm, I'm in Wisconsin. so You are in Wisconsin. I think, for me, the best thing I had this week... 
I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Cousin Subs, local business. We had, we got some subs for Monday Night Football, Patriots and Jets, and we obviously got some lingering questions with the Patriots because they've been accused of tanking that game. Did they really want to win? Is Bill Belichick wanting to get Trevor Lawrence out of the AFC East and not having the Jets wanted to draft them? That's a whole different story. But for me, that football food, football food of the week, that Italian Capricola sub that I had, mm. support local business. I'm all about supporting Milwaukee during these tough times. That's a place where you can do it. Local company. And probably doesn't get enough love in terms of that 16th Street, Wisconsin Avenue. No, but there is there there's some... Uh some construction going down on there that sixteenth street in Wisconsin, Aiden, and every Marquette student knows Segway, it by now. Segways beautifully. Into every the next Marquette part. student knows it. There is a Jamba Juice Aunt Anne's Aunt Auntie Anne's Auntie Anne's uh duo going in next to the Starbucks. And we posted a clip about this a couple weeks ago as part of our ten questions, and we got big uh, <laughs> love from that Instagram and the Twitter people coming back to us and saying thanks for giving us the real news about Mil- about Milwaukee about Marquette about campus real estate development because this is a big deal big deal yeah. for this the campus the game. for selling point for future students for mm-hmm. prospective freshmen families even Jamba Juice where's well, the nearest they Jamba cut out, Juice? Well, they, cut out, they cut out Jamba or so they cut juice? out the juice. No, so sorry. Jamba. They cut out. They cut out the juice. So it's, so it's just neither. Jamba. It's, they cut out both of them. It's just neither. What do you mean? It's neither? just Auntie Anne's. No. <laughs> it's okay. Travis Scott. I said Travis Scott said in the sicko mode, which is one of the most popular songs of the 21st century. Uh, this whole decade. No, it's sorry. It came out last year, but in the last five years, probably one of the most five influential rap songs, most popular. Everyone knows it. He says Jamba Juice, and then they took away. I don't know if it was because of that lyric, but they took away the juice and the Jamba Juice. So I think you're right. There's one on Ogden, which is right by Chipotle and so um, in downtown Milwaukee. But now we're getting one on the Marquette campus, which is huge, huge. Okay, 414-288-7091. Again, that's 414-288-7091. And you might really want to call that number after this week's interview that we put down because we had, again, speaking of rancor and big responses that I got to Games and Grub posts this week, we got a lot of messages from a lot of fans that were really happy about the guests that we booked this week. Mr. Kevin Pelton, ESPN NBA insider for the NBA draft coming up next week. Marquette fans got a lot of pressing questions. We had a couple listener submissions in this interview. So listen up. Here is Mr. Kevin Pelton. We now welcome on a very, very, very special guest. He is covering the NBA draft for ESPN, which airs next Wednesday, November 18th on that same network. If you're an NBA fan, listen up to one of the most knowledgeable sources about every single prospect. He is Mr. Kevin Pelton. Kevin, how are you? Thanks for doing this. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So we are are doing this live from the Marquette Radio Studios. We we have to start with the beloved Marcus Howard, and you've hinted at being a fan of his game. But how do you think he ranks in this draft class? There's there's been a lot of Marquette optimism that 
he will indeed get drafted. Is that hype justified in your mind? I think it's reasonable. I mean, once you get into the second round, it's really difficult to project which players are going to get drafted because a lot of the times that ends up being more about who's willing to sign a two-way contract or, or go play in the G League uh, while the team retains their rights as opposed to necessarily, hey, who's the very best prospect? So I think back to uh, a few years ago, I had Fred Van Vliet rated as, I think he might have been a top 10 prospect on my board. He was number one in the stats-only version of the, uh, the projections. And then he goes undrafted on draft night. And it's not because teams didn't think he was one of the six best players out there. It was because he was unwilling to make that kind of agreement, uh, ended up signing with Toronto as an undrafted free agent, and the rest is kind of history in terms of what happened with him there. So right. you know, I think there's a pretty good chance that Howard is going to be in a similar situation where if he's willing to take a two-way contract, if he's willing to play in the G League this year, then he's got a chance to, to be drafted. Otherwise, it's a little different environment because you don't have the opportunity to prove yourself in summer league this year or anything. It's going to be directly to training camp, but you know, if you were more interested in perhaps playing overseas, then there's a situation where you might not get drafted. Marquette fans have seen Howard and many others, as you mentioned, training and marketing themselves for the draft, obviously in, in a different way this year due to the coronavirus. How is this pandemic offending, affecting you know, how scouts have been able to look at prospects through your eyes? It's definitely very different. I mean, you know, it started in March when you had the cancellation of many of the conference tournaments. Some of them, you know, got through one day as, as the Big East, I think, did. I guess they, they got through the morning of the second day. They were the one final, That's final right. conference still playing. It was bizarre watching that the night after, the morning after the Rudy Gobert uh, news. Uh, then we haven't had – what's been interesting is teams haven't had a lot to do for the last eight months, you know, especially the teams that weren't part of the bubble and part of the restart of the season. So they've had an extended period here to review a lot of film, involve the coaching staff in ways that aren't normally, you know, that we don't normally see. But we haven't had the typical workouts. We haven't had the, the combine. It was a virtual combine this year. Teams were allowed to work out some prospects and either bring them in or, or go visit them but uh, and then conduct interviews over Zoom. But it's definitely a different thing. And I, I do think it may help someone like Marcus Howard for a couple of reasons. First off, you know, four-year guy, you've got a lot of film on Marcus Howard. The fact that you didn't see him play in the NCAA tournament or the, the, the Big East tournament, you know, as compared to some of these guys, uh, you know, some of these freshmen, it was going to be an important scouting opportunity. Not so much for him. And then the other thing is, if you have coaching staffs and Involved, I think uh, a more experienced player like him may benefit from that because they're thinking about who can help us right now as opposed to who can help us two, two or three years down the road. Kevin Pelton, ESPN, ESPN NBA writer. I mentioned being in Wisconsin, our neighbors to the west in Minnesota hold the number one pick. For a while, the Timberwolves have been linked to LaMelo Ball, the, the third uber-famous Ball brother in the family. Uh, does Minnesota go with him at number one, and how do you view LaMelo's game? You know, it seems like the reporting from my uh, colleague Jonathan Gavoni indicates that it looks like it's going to be ball at number one in all likelihood, whether that's Minnesota or whether they attempt to trade down with someone else who is uh, you know, excited to move up and go get him. I, I think he is the number one prospect in this year's draft. You know, there's a, a pretty broad consensus among both scouts and then the statistical projections, including the one that I run, has him as the best prospect based on, you know, the, the handful of games or the couple of handfuls of games that he did play last season in Australia in the NBL. So, you know, I, I don't think that there's a sure thing in this year's draft. I'm not sure there, there are very many sure things in any drafts. But, you know, given the, uh, the other flaws in the prospects, I, I think Ball is the number one guy. 
follow up on the mellow, we got this as a listener submission from our man Tom Foster, our native Buffalo resident. Is LaMelo's lack of weight for his height, his overall frame, is that a major concern that NBA teams see in him? I think it's a concern. I don't think it's a major concern, especially with someone so young, because you do expect players to fill out a bit over time. I mean, you know, I think it also depends kind of what role you're projecting him into. As a point guard, that's probably not that much of a weakness. If it's Minnesota and you're thinking eventually, well, we're going to play him and D'Angelo Russell together in the backcourt, then it's something you're a bit more concerned about because he's probably going to have to defend the bigger guards in those in those combinations. Kevin Pelton, again from ESPN, NBA draft writer, coming up on November 18th, next Wednesday. Oddly enough, another Midwest neighbor of ours, the Chicago Bulls, sit high atop the list at number four. Shout out to my man Sam down in Oswego IL. He asks, would the Bulls still have interest in a point guard at number four despite drafting Kobe White last year? My sense is they probably would. I mean, I, whether Kobe White is a full-time point guard remains to be seen. Uh, particularly, you look at Tyrese Halliburton, someone else with uh, Wisconsin roots in this year's draft. Uh, you know, I think he's the kind of player who could handle the ball, provide some of that playmaking that Kobe White isn't necessarily a natural at, but has the size to defend some twos and threes uh, along the same lines as Lamelo Ball. So that's a combination that could work for Chicago. Let's talk about James Wiseman. You've got him pegged at the number two pick drafted by the Warriors. After only playing three games at Memphis this past season, will James Wiseman be a step behind in some scouts' minds, and will it ultimately affect his NBA playing career, do you think? I don't think it's a huge factor. I mean, we've seen increasingly you know, players that might not even play at all uh, the, the year before they go into the draft. So, you know, we saw that with Mitchell Robinson was kind of the, the first player to do that after, you know, some, some issues where he was going to go play college basketball. And, you know, he, he slipped to the second round, but was really productive right away as a rookie. Seems to be well on track for the Knicks to be a contributor. We saw this last year with both Darius Baisley and Jalen LeCue. Uh, Baisley is a, uh, an intern for a shoe company, technically, during instead of uh, uh, you know, his, what would have been his freshman year of college <laughs> basketball. He goes in the first round and, and actually, I think, was a success story. Had uh, really some good moments for the Thunder, particularly in the in the restart into the playoffs as a contributor. So, you know, I, I think that increasingly that, that year of experience is probably less important than it used to be. Uh, I think you'd feel better if you had, uh, if scouts had gotten more of a chance to watch him this year because of everything I mentioned earlier about the draft process being different. But, you know, there were a number of scouts that uh, I happened, fortunately, to catch one of the, the three games that Wiseman did play against Oregon in Portland in a, in a showcase tournament. And there were a number of NBA scouts and executives there who did get a chance to see him at that. All right. We've got a couple rapid fire questions left for you, Mr. Kevin Pelton. Three related to sports, three not. Are you ready? All right. Let's go for it. Number one, most NBA fans know three top names of the draft, Lamelo, Wiseman, and Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. Give three other quick names that fans should look out for us as potential sleepers. Guys, not get enough limelight. Uh, I'm pretty high on Devin Vassell from Florida State, who's a 3 and D wing, kind of in the Danny Green mold. You know, probably going to go in the second half of the lottery. Uh, perhaps your listeners are more familiar with Xavier Tillman in Big Ten country, but he, he's someone I'm really excited about as a sleeper. You know, he rated last year by the uh, SportsReference.com uh, box plus minus metric as valuable or is productive on a permanent basis as anyone in the country, including Obi, Obi Toppin, who was kind of the consensus player of the year. So, you know, and, and he's probably looking at somewhere in the 20s or 30s. And, uh, I, you know, I might go with 
is uh, Michigan's team teammate Cassius Winston as well, who I think projects to be a really solid backup point guard in the league. And uh, the latest mock draft that Jonathan Goni and Mike Schmitz, our draft experts, did uh, had him, I think, in the 30s all the way into the second round. Number two, I'm I'm personally a huge Boston Celtics fan, a, a potential candidate for the Celtics to draft the number 14. I think Sadiq Bey is someone that would make a lot of sense for them if they stay at 14. They have obviously shown a fondness for wings who can, you know, play both ends, switchable, that sort of thing in the past. Uh, he fits that, you know, really strong for his size, good shooter, so a, a consummate role player in the NBA and somebody who's been well coached at Villanova. Definitely a lot of exposure to that guy in the Big East. Uh, same question. How about the Milwaukee Bucks, a team who just had the second consecutive disappointing playoff exit? Do, do you see anyone fit for Milwaukee? It gets harder to uh, peg any individual you get that far back in the draft, but I, I would say that someone to watch in that range that uh, would make sense for a lot of contending teams like Milwaukee is Desmond Maiden from D- TCU, another 3 and D type, one of the better shooters in the draft, 44% plus from three, uh, also very strong for his size to a similar profile, but you know maybe not quite as much upside. He's a couple years older. All right, let's have a little fun with these last three. You are a self-proclaimed pocket square enthusiast. What what made you so attached? Uh, this is actually a, a really old inside joke to uh, a rant by Reggie Miller about one of my projections many years ago on a TNT preseason broadcast where he uh, complained about the, the lab geeks with their pocket squares when he was meaning pocket protectors. <laughs> I love that. You are the host of the fabulous Pelton Cast podcast, Sports, Food, Beer, and More. Tell the audience a little bit about what you do there. Maybe there's some parallels to Games and Grub. <laughs> Uh, that's, that sounds like an off the top. Yeah, it's a, it's a Seattle-centric podcast that I do with my brother since I don't you know, get a chance in my professional life to uh, indulge my Seattle sports fandom and then uh, also talking about local food. And, and we have, you know, as I'm sure you do in, in Wisconsin, a uh, strong microbrew culture. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's a big part of it too here in Seattle. Perfect. And along those same lines, last one. How would you grade Milwaukee in terms of NBA cities and that landscape? You know, food, beer, overall sports town atmosphere. I, I feel like I have to give an incomplete at this point. I've, I've only been to Milwaukee once. Uh, it was last year during game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, but okay. I, was, I was staying in Chicago for the Combine that week and just managed to fit it into my schedule that I could fly into O'Hare and, you know, that's a little bit north, so drive up to uh, Milwaukee for that night's game and then drive immediately back down. So all I actually saw was the arena, and the arena is awesome, and it seems like Milwaukee would be a great place to visit. So... You know, hopefully there's an NBA Finals appearance at some point and we're actually able to travel and, uh, you know, then I can get a longer look and really give Milwaukee a full evaluation because I know it deserves it. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Kevin, this has been awesome. Follow him on Twitter at kpelton, P-E-L-T-O-N. For more, especially leading up to the aforementioned NBA draft next week, Kevin Pelton, thanks so much for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Four one four two eight eight seven zero nine one on Twitter at GrubMUR. Thanks again to Kevin Pelton for coming on and giving us our whole NBA draft roundup that is coming up Wednesday 
And I know we are very excited because we are all Marcus Howard fans and maybe now Sadiq Bay fans. Yeah, hopefully Sadiq Bay fans in the future with that 14th pick the Celtics have on the first round. I hope they can pick him up. Sadiq Bay's a baller. He is a certified a G, bona fide stud. We've seen too much of him at Villanova. So we'll see in the NBA draft. Going off the quick sports hitters, quick sports and food hitters, I know you wanted to get to a game that we did not talk about last week because we weren't on air. Clemson and Notre Dame, your, beloved, your two beloved teams pitted against each other this year in the ACC, Notre Dame, comes out on top in a wild college football game, a great product. Any initial thoughts on how the game went and how the future could go for either of those two teams? Just a great game of college football overall. Just absolutely wonderful spectacle. Maybe at the end, fans couldn't rush the field, but that's that's beyond the, the product on the field. Neither here. Let's talk about strict football. Yeah, football was amazing. Um, DJ played unbelievable. I don't think Trevor Lawrence would have made much of a change uh, in the game. I hope to see those two teams pitted against each other again under the lights in an ACC championship battle. That that would be that would be a, a fun one to watch, as this was probably the most entertaining game of the college football season for me so far. And I would I'm say sure, so. I'm sure for many around the country, especially with its implications on the college football playoff. Um. Yeah, just hope to see them see them again and hope to see uh, Trevor Lawrence back and Notre Dame's got uh, Boston College today playing against their old backup quarterback, Phil Jerkovic. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, college football is still riding strong. I think we, we uh, doubted it a little bit um, in, in past weeks just with all the testing going on and all the setbacks, but, but they're pushing through and uh, happy to watch the product on the field. Going back to 100% agree with with basically all you said about Clemson and Notre Dame. Did you see our man Dave Portnoy said BC is going to win the game outright today? Why does he think that? Do we ever go reason? watch the clip? He said this is a letdown game for Notre Dame. They just came off that big game and then they got um, somebody big next week. This could be a trap. Trap game. So basically, Dave Portnoy is in the Notre trap Dame's game. Notre Dame knows Notre Dame is. Uh, Not only is BC going to cover the spread, they're going to win the game. Damn. Yeah, Notre Dame is definitely known for uh, not heeding the warnings of a trap game. <laughs> they, they usually get too caught up in the emotions of the of those two big ones. So what do they have? USC next week? I uh, I don't even know. Check the schedule real quick. I'll move on to the next point that I want to get to. The Masters. It's moving yeah. on right as we get to. Um, get to. Do you have Notre Dame schedule? Yes, they have UNC after that. So yeah. Not- so that was it. So UNC is still a top 25 team, right? So they beat Florida State. That was a big win. So could this be a trap game for ND? Possibly. Our, our neighbors to the north in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, could they pull off the upset today? We'll see. Go watch that. But you go, you go down a little bit further south in a little bit nicer weather, and you got the Masters going on. <laughs> you got the Masters going on. Can Tiger Woods actually contend? What do you think? He's tied for 18th right now at five under. Leaders are nine under. He's uh he's playing pretty well. He matched his first round best at uh at any Masters. Um, yep, defending champion. I think he's got a shot. Dot dot dot. If the weather can settle down a little bit, the players have repeatedly said this week that 
it's a high scoring masters because of the weather and how soft the greens are they've gotten tons of rain down there in augusta georgia and it makes the greens softer if you're not a golf fan if it rains on the greens that means the ball will stop it won't roll as much once you hit a shot onto the green so guys can take aim more they can be more aggressive they can be more uh progressive with their shot taking yeah that that first they day, don't have to be as conservative that first day you could definitely tell um things are just going going the way for for some players for some some guys out there they're just hucking it having a good time besides absolutely. the rain delays absolutely guys like justin thomas guys like phil mickelson are taking advantage guys like abraham answer who you may have have never heard of um so guys that you know as household names like Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, those guys are in it. And then you got guys, because of this weather characteristics down there in Augusta, are also contending. So can Tiger Woods contend? Yes, if the regular Masters course comes back to him. If it becomes a high-scoring shootout, we've seen this with Tiger Woods before in his old age, he can't win it. We saw it with Francesco Molinari in the U.S. Open, uh, excuse me, the British Open a couple years ago had to go toe to toe, birdie for birdie with someone. Couldn't do it. And if it's at Augusta, I won't rule it out because it's at Augusta. But it would really help him if the sun comes out. It's a beautiful day, you two, and he gets the field. He gets the course coming back to him in a place where only the legends win. Augusta is a place where it's basically the only major with Tiger's play. Tiger can't win a pet, you know, how, however old he is. It's really hard for Tiger to win at Bethpage Black. It's really high, hard for Tiger to win overseas at Lynx courses. A place he can win a major is Augusta National. So if the field, if the weather comes back to him, if the sun comes out, advantage Tiger. 414-288-7091. Call us up. My guy Matt Wolf missed the cut uh, today. He so did? Shame. Oh, we love his swing. We yeah. love his unorthodox swing. Yep. Back to college football for a sec. The Michigan Wolverines unbelievably lost again to Indiana. And I, I understand Indiana. They're now ranked number 10 in the country. But this fits in to one year ago. On the show, I ripped Jim Harbaugh and with the help of my man DA on CBS Sports Radio. We've got a couple of these lined up in at in where we'll ask in each scenario. So this will be our little revisionist history segment. I mentioned we've got a lot of old audio that we found, and we're so thankful to be on air. This will be our third year on air here at Marquette Radio, being juniors this year. God, I can't even imagine. We've got a couple of these old clips lined up that I think will really make you laugh. But this first one is a little bit more sports-centric. It's about the Michigan Wolverines. Putting itself behind the eight ball, unnecessarily so, when it plays its best opponents. That's almost exactly what I've been trying to say to people. That Harbaugh can't win a big game. Or he can. It's just, it's just going to take I remember the one stones. It's... He- this is what I say about Michigan, and I'm a Michigan fan. Harbaugh has not won a big game in how many years? How many years has he been no, coached? No, no, I'm going to give him one. What? Iowa. Was it two Shut years up. ago? No, that's yes. a big game. Yes. They played, I think it was sneaky. two or three Iowa years sneaky. Ago. Iowa. In Iowa. It was a big day for college football. Michigan 
uh, State was playing Ohio State. It was a bunch of knockouts. No one was really looking at this game. And it was Iowa and Michigan duking it out in Iowa. And they came out with the win. I'm going to give them that one big win because I remember that out of nowhere. Iowa won or Michigan won? Iowa, Michigan won. Michigan, they okay. Michigan won. I think uh, it's just tough for me to root for Harbaugh as a Michigan fan because it's just got to win a big game, buddy. And this is this I constitute as a big game. If he beats Notre Dame as a top 10 team coming in, I know it's at home, but Notre Dame, top 10 team, I count that. I count that as a win. Remember that one year ago. Do you still stand by? I died laughing when yeah, I heard the Iowa game. Absolutely. Michigan, I'll give you Iowa. one win. And you dropped 20. Iowa. Yes. No, that was a great college football day. Um, Do you think that's just you? Do you think the average college football fan thinks of that as a big win? No, there's no such thing as an average college football fan. Everyone's yeah, is. crazy. <laughs> okay. I mean, I would probably agree to disagree, but I, I didn't give Harbaugh. I won't, I won't give Harbaugh credit for that one. I, that next week after we had that show, he did beat Notre Dame at home. All right, so that was his it was one. a rain-soaked game. There you can you can. Take I'll give that him. One I'll give him one. Iowa one, and he's he's still zero five against Ohio State ever after taking over at Michigan, and he's in year six, and he hasn't done jack hole zero. He, he needs to go after this year, maybe even midseason, but they won't do it because they don't have the guts out there in Ann Arbor because he's such a face of the university. So I'm fine with that. Let him play out the rest of the season, but he should not come back next year. Should not. He, as as my man Mike Francesa said on Twitter the other day, he is an NFL coach. He, it's it's hard. Some guys can you know Nick Saban, Dabo Swinney, Brian Kelly, Sweeney. Sorry, they can build a program. Jim Harbaugh cannot build a part. He is an NFL coach who can build a long term NFL franchise. It's just a different game, and that's okay, Jim. You took the 49ers to three straight NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. Didn't win it, but three straight NFC Championships in today's NFL, which was that was less than 10 years ago. And he's still, I believe he's still got it as an NFL, as a coach, as a football coach, but it's not for college and it's not at Michigan. That was one that, you know, we'll, we'll ask in each of these clips has anything changed from one year ago or two years ago this one hasn't michigan needs to let go of harbaugh i'm i'm done with all the slander of he can't win a big game his contract with michigan expires december 1st 2021 so he's got got another year okay so basically another full season yep cut it cut him off Move on. Get get somebody else. You are the, you are the University of Michigan. Where yeah, it was a huge splash when they got Harbaugh, whatever that was, six years ago. But it's come full circle. Where I fourth, think he needs to find another job. Fourth highest paying coach in the in the country at eight million eight million dollars per USA Today. Who's ahead of behind him? Saban, Ed Orgeron, Dabo Sweeney? Ed Orgeron. That's right. All right, let's move on to clip two. This was also from this week's show one year ago. A NARP of the Week call for the ages. I think I could have gotten promoted in jujitsu in three seconds. If I walked into the building, they would have given me a black belt. What a joke. And then he also, 
made a good case for himself that he hit leg day on Monday and posted his awesome flights in the Straz Business Hall. So, overall, collectively, I think he did the most. All right, Bennett. If there was a weird brag of the week, it would be Brian for saying he went to leg day on, what, Tuesday? <laughs> Come on. What a joke. You actually believe that? He went up the Strass Business Hall five flights twice? Oh, I think. Oh my don't God. I do that every day. We got to respect that. Don't joke we got to respect that. The thighs are burning walking up the econ every morning. And you know Bob oh. Collins never does it. Oh, no. He takes the elevator. He's an elevator, elevator, guy. elevator guy. He's an elevator guy through and through. It's true. <laughs> Yeah. What do you think? Has that changed? No, he's still an elevator guy. <laughs> is that the question you were asking? I don't think it was. No, but there is now a, I don't know if there still was, I probably was unaware of it that year, a printer on the fourth floor of Strass Business Hall. And if, if you're a Marquette student, you got to yes. hit up that printer at least one time in your life because they shut the computer lab down on the first floor. And now you can take a nice walk up four flights of stairs. Sobering. Yeah, it really is to get that nice view out over Marquette's campus. I don't know. That's I think it's good, worth it. That's a good view. Is it? I think it's the fourth floor where you can actually see the skyline from mm-hmm. that end of the hallway. Yep. Great views that people will miss in Strauss Hall, even though they're building a new business school. That one, <laughs> that you may have heard in that clip, guest host Bennett Lundberg. We got to bring him back because he was an awesome host. He filled in with us for an entire 90 minutes that we had a show um, where Brian was not here one morning and Bennett came in and did an awesome 90 minutes with us. We got, I'm sure he's got plenty of thoughts right now in, in 2020 about his man, Tony Larusa being hired uh, for his beloved Chicago White Sox. So Bennett Lundberg was awesome money. Also one year ago with Bennett Lundberg, another call we got, we had a, we had a great show full of callers when Bennett came on Here's another one that you may not have remembered, Zachary. Okay. Yeah, cool. hear it. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing it's good. Great. All right. It's a show. <laughs> yeah, how are you? So I figured it's a good time to call. We're talking about mistakes made on the air. I know I, last time I called in the spring, I might have uh, used some profanity. Oh, yeah. I that. <laughs> Can you introduce yourself yeah, to introduce the audience? Yourself. Yeah, we have uh, to. Sean. Jump on it. Zach cousin. Hi. I go to Villanova. Yeah, so we had to oh, actually, yeah. oh, you were the okay. first time we had to cut someone from air because of profanity <laughs> usage. So congratulations. Yeah. Has that changed? I guess that's not a has that changed question, but do you remember? Yeah, he's still the first person we ever cut on air. Is, is he the only? I don't think, Uncle Chris, maybe, no, we didn't. We had to cut Brian once when Uncle Chris said something and Brian gave an F-bomb on the air but I don't think Uncle Chris has ever sworn Sean uh, we had Brendan Betancourt the next week he joined the club yeah we did we did we had a good week we had a good week that week we did have a good week that week so that was and again shout out to Bennett Lundberg it, and, but then this I wanted to leave for last this was the fourth and final clip we'll do for revisionist history this week's show Two years ago, 2018, when we barely started podcasting these episodes, but I unearthed this clip. This was the mid-November show of 2018 when we had a full show where it was just me, Jackson Kowalski, Kevin Hurley, and Brian Gallagher. 
Do you remember, folks, if you were a Games and Grub fan when we played the show with just me, our, our basically our freshman year room, Zach did not live with me. We barely knew Zach. We barely knew, I mean, I heck, I barely knew Brian. But we played a clip where Zach and Joe Rosales, his roommate, called in, talked about the most, maybe the most ridiculous sports discussion we've had on the show right around this time, two years ago. Play the clip. Zach, how's it going? It's, it's great right now. I'm enjoying a double burger here at uh, the Commons. Really? That's it's a great day so far. How long did it take them to grill that one up? Like 30 minutes? So someone actually took my burger that I was waiting for in line, so the guy just gave me a double, and I'm re- really happy about it, about five minutes maybe. Any uh, any toppings on that, or just straight meat? Yeah, no, I went uh, I went barbecue sauce, tomatoes, and pickles. Oh, I'm a fan of that. No cheese? No cheese? Oh, no, no, there's American on both, may I add. That is such a yeah. disrespect to eating a burger with American what? cheese. They have what? Oh, cheese. They have, you know what? what? I agree. They Stop have cheddar and they I have agree. pepper jack. No, they have cheddar, pepper jack, and, and, you, chose and you chose American. Uh, American. American. Is much better. Uh, Zach. It's an American burger. It's got American cheese. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Zach, what's your yeah, take so on I, I stand by just that. calling in saying that rowing is the most oriented team sport? I... I really don't know if you can pinpoint one sport that is the most team-oriented. They're all just great team sports, building camaraderie and brotherhood through every single play, on and off, fields, courts, ice, and everywhere. Or the track, right? Or even the track, and that brings me to my next conclusion. I believe that one of the most team-oriented sports is a sport that I won a division title in uh, high school. <laughs> cross country. Wait, Zach, you ran cross country? I never knew. Yes, Wait, Zach, you right. ran for Hingham High School? I ran for Hingham High School. I'm wearing the jacket right now. Yeah, so I, I knew it. This jacket says. Wow, this is yep. an honor for having you on this show. Division three state champions. Yeah, there we go. You're welcome. They're division three state champions. Wow. No big deal. Yeah, <laughs> this is awesome. We basically have two. We have a state champion and a radio host right now. I turned, in, I turned into more than that. I turned into more than just a radio show host and a. I was just gonna say, has anything changed? We got a state champion and a radio host. Yeah, I guess you you put it into you put it into words and you put it into existence, Aiden, by saying that. We said that in 2018, folks. That was a long, 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 long time ago, but. We are, <laughs> we'll transition from revisionist history, but you can call us up if you remember any of those. Clips, we got to call, call us up and we're going to bring on the fan of the show who has been with us since then. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Aiden. How's it going, long Uncle Chris? Time speak. Man, I'm good, man. It has been a while. It's been a long time, you know? I hope everyone's good. I will uh, let you know that in the spirit of games and grub, I'm standing over my smoker grill as we speak. No way. Finishing a, oh, yeah. Finishing a salmon that has been smoking for two and a half hours that I'm bringing to a friend's house for a 50th birthday tailgate master's watch kind of party. There so, you go. There you go. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. You haven't lived till you have my smoked salmon, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Not to brag. <laughs> Not to brag, but I've just, I've, I've kind of perfected the science. Uh, so, I haven't talked to you guys in a while. I got a lot of things on my mind. <laughs> go ahead. I heard, I, heard, I heard through the grapevine you had a lot of stuff to get off your chest, so go ahead. Okay, first of all, we're going to go back in time a little bit and back to the Dodgers winning it and the fact that Justin Turner got no... No reprimand, no, didn't get in trouble, nothing. Yep, no punishment. No punishment, right? Right. If, if you or someone else walks down the street, you get yelled at for not having a mask, but he gets no punishment. That's not right. I got a problem with that. That's first. That's first. Um, second, second um, I'm not a cranberry sauce guy, but I can't believe anything out of a can is better than fresh, so I think you're losing your mind there. <laughs> Third, I can't believe I can't believe you're just getting into to uh, stuffing right now, and that you don't put gravy on everything. I mean, <laughs> who raised you? <laughs> I know your parents. I know how they were raised, and I'm sure Zach, Zach's parents raised them a certain way too. I, I don't understand. I really don't. It, so, it's confusing to me. Yeah. So um, stuffing the past couple of years, I'd say, has been better. I don't know why it. Maybe the visual part of it looked unappetizing, but what's, once you get into it, it's it's definitely worth it. deserves the recognition. Here's the key. Here's the key to the stuffing, right? I don't know who makes it or whatever. Sausage is the key to the stuffing, my friend. Sausage? You have stuffing with sauce? Oh, yes. Yes. Crumbled sausage, the kind of like you would have on top of a pizza. Right. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That changes everything. It's a complete game changer. Get ready for next week. Uh, yes, exactly. Um... No surprise that the Red Sox got Cora. Um, that was probably, they were just by time to get him. I don't know that that changes anything for them. The Patriots suck, <laughs> although I don't think I don't think they're actually tanking. So Trevor Lawrence, that, that whole, so Trevor Lawrence doesn't end up in the, AF, in the AFC East is kind of a, a stretch. I don't and, think Belichick uh, trying to lose the game. You're right. Yeah, come on. That's, they just stink. And, um, Lastly, I don't think uh, I don't think Tiger has any. I don't think he's got any shot. He can, he'll get close, but there's too many really, really good. The, the guys in front of him are just ridiculous, right? I mean, you got the top three guys in the, in the world that are ahead of him. Not to mention everyone from say you know four to eighteen. So I don't really see him making that much of a push, unfortunately, for the TV ratings. Interesting. So that's yeah. That's. And I've really enjoyed your coffee uh, interviews. I'm glad you're running with that. And the uh, NBA interview was very uh, was interesting as well. Even though a guy with a pocket square being an NBA, um, you know, aficionado, something about that's kind of weird, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That might have been in your NBA heyday. Do you remember Reggie Miller ranting about, quote-unquote, lab geeks with pocket squares when he meant to say pocket protectors? Probably. I don't really recall it off the top of my head, but um, yeah, I'm sure. Reggie did a lot of ranting back in the day, so not surprised. Big trash talker. Yep. Yeah, exactly. All right. We may run with that Alex Cora story um, once we let you go, but we haven't even got to that, so that that may get us through the rest of the show. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. Um, I hope you guys have a safe uh, Thanksgiving, everyone on Games Grub. Travel safely. You know, wear a mask when you have to. Hopefully there's uh, going to be college basketball. I, I hope. Yeah, it seem, seems like there's going to be in 12 short days or long days. Rick Patino wants to save the season, quote-unquote. 
Yeah, I, well, they said that they're going to have a tournament, right? That was a quote yep. from uh, Danny Gavitt, although the Ivy League just canceled. I don't know if you guys did see yes, that. Yes, we did. Uh, yep. they, were, they were gone from the start. I don't think they. I don't think they had any intention of playing college basketball. Well, this winter. you know, I have actually have a friend who's the athletic director at one of those schools, um, and he, he said it was it was not as easy a decision as people thought. And you know, for him to have to deliver yeah. that message to the student athletes that all the winter sports are gone after having to do it for the fall ones, and they also said that their fall sports are not going to play in the spring. So it's it's tough. It's really tough. That is really yeah. tough. It's a tough thing to do, especially seniors, right? So I do hope they play. I hope something happens because, you know, I have a, an athlete wanting to play in the spring herself, and I don't know if, you know, if that's going to happen. So 100%. We'll keep our fingers crossed, you know. We'll keep our fingers crossed. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to take my smoked salmon <laughs> and go watch uh, the Masters and watch uh, some college football on a, uh, like, 50-degree beautiful fall day here in new jersey so sounds like a great a saturday day. it should be got some leaves done this morning and now ready to, you know get your work done first then you can play afterwards you know the deal <laughs> that's it that's the college lifestyle there you go Absolutely. it is that's the college lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> yeah get, we get like your work to think done. it is <laughs> yeah you guys are getting your work done now and then you can then you're gonna have all fun the rest of the time all yep. right i just want to make sure we got time to watch our college football tonight or or whatever okay. we may watch, no, right? Uh, okay. No, no, nothing else to, no NFL till tomorrow. <laughs> right. All right. Stay All right, safe well, yourself. Thanks so much for the well yep. wishes. Yep. Be good, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Well, you guys, are you guys coming back to school or not? You're not. You're not coming back to school, right? We are not coming back until January. So, are you going to try to do a podcast between? Uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, or is this going to be a long games and grub break? Definitely, we're going to try to do some at home. We can maybe get you on a Skype call here and there so you can get your takes <laughs> out. All right, because, I, you know, I usually have some stuff to say. So. Oh, 100%. <laughs> All right. Be good, guys. Take All care. right. Thank you very much you for calling You as well. In. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you. Take care. You All right. Bye-bye. Just always a great call. Always a great call. He's always got something to say. He, I'm glad he appreciated the... Kevin Pelton and a couple of Milwaukee Coffee interviews that we've got done. We're going to take a break. We took a break from Milwaukee Coffee this week to fit in Kevin Pelton because I thought it was a beautiful time to get into the NBA draft season because it's one of the most, as as Marcus Howard, as a Marcus Howard fan, and I know I'm not alone in that boat, that this will be one of the more enticing NBA drafts that I pay attention to in five or ten years. And I, I'm, I've always liked the NBA draft because, you know, as college basketball fans, we understand the implications and we know a lot of the players. NFL, it's it's hard to follow sometimes because college football, there's so many teams and there's, you know, 11 guys on the field at one time you got to take advantage or watch. So I've always been interested in the NBA draft, but we're going to have uh, a fun draft and we're also going to have our next caller. Hello. Yeah, it's Matt Wolf calling. How are you? Matt Wolf calling. <laughs> Matt, why didn't you make the cut yeah, this week? Yeah, what happened? Yeah, plus three. Well, you know, guys, it's tougher than you think. Uh, plus three. Uh, I thought I played good down the stretch. You know, I thought I'd shoot that one on eight into the uh, scrub. But keep, they, they keep that second level so high here. Yeah. And with the greens playing the way they were, it was just. Uh, what happened on 17 with that there. double? 
Double bogey on 17. Yeah, I know. I, you know, it's good because I wanted to watch some football today, so I'm looking on the bright side. <laughs> I know I didn't make the cut, but looking on the bright side because uh, I get to watch some football now. I get to watch Notre Dame and, uh, you know, that. So it, it, it'll be good in the long run. You know, of course, it's special to play Augusta, but it's not my favorite course, to be honest. I like to play uh, just outside of uh, – Maryland, there's a course in Baltimore that I like to play a little better than that. But overall, a good round for me, a good experience. I'm still number 14 in the world. Uh, you guys have a wonderful show. Thanks for mentioning me. And uh, Yeah, I got a quick question, Matt. Quick question. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, so hockey teams, when they're done with their <laughs> season early, uh, when they don't go to the playoffs or they get booted from the playoffs early, hockey teams, normally players go golfing. So does that mean now that you're done at Augusta, are you going to play hockey somewhere? You know, uh, who's it? Which, who's this, Zach? Yeah. Yeah, Zach, you know, I haven't really thought about it. I'm weighing my options right now. I have a lot of things going on, you know, business-wise. Uh, I, there's some uh, there's a, a job at Ikea that I was looking at this, <laughs> for this week, short term. Um, so I'm looking at that. I'm, I'm not really a skater so much, so I probably do something in the business field. But you guys have a wonderful day. I appreciate you. I'll try to do better next uh, next tourney. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Awesome. Oh, good Thank luck, you. Matt. Matt Wolf. Matt on. Wolf comes on with the like a hurricane. He comes yeah. in, destroys the place, and he's out. He what a double bogey on seventeen. He three four putted. Yeah, give him Matt Wolf oh, recap. No. What what happened here? He just had he had a great. He was par. Uh, you told me on Thursday night first round he's playing well. Yeah, he was. We were talking about the opening round, and his you were like Matt Wolf. Round man, round was just awful. <sighs> And yeah. we love his swing. We love his swing. Yeah, we it's love got his all click to the beginning of it. It's a weird hitch to it that they actually had a similar to the Tiger Phil Brady I think, Manning. I think it'd be called a balk if he were on the uh play, <laughs> the baseball game. Right. He they had a little um all tailor made pro, so it was Ricky Fowler, Rory McElroy, um, Matthew Wolf and Dustin Johnson. And they played a little two-on-two, just like the Brady Manning, Tiger Phil thing. And that's when America really got to see Matthew Wolf in his swing because it was in the bright lights. Pandemic golf, pandemic sports weren't really a thing yet. This is probably about May or June when professional sports hadn't came back yet. And Matthew Wolf just wowed all of Twitter, all of America. It was a sight to behold. And we're so glad, as again, in the... In the theme of Thanksgiving, in the pattern of Thanksgiving, we're so glad that he was able to jump on with us this morning. So try to follow that up. 414-288-7091. And on Twitter and Instagram at GrubMUR. All right, so we've we've covered enough golf. We covered a little bit of football. We've covered a little bit of NBA draft. We've got, we did plenty of Masters. We did thanks to Kevin Pelton. But one thing that we didn't get to is checking out on movies. And I mentioned this in the open. I heard a segment this week, and this is par for the course because, (laughs) pun intended, because there will be a lot of, once everyone starts going home, Zach, especially Marquette students, you're going to have more time on your hands. Campus life won't be bustling as much. You're going to be sitting at home. And what are you going to do? You're probably going to throw on some Netflix. You're probably going to throw on a couple movies. Or some Games and Grub. Or some Games and Grub podcasts because we will still be pumping out podcasts while you'll still be at home. You watch. Because Uncle Chris, he's got plenty of takes to get out. But 
in terms of when you're not listening to Games and Grub, thanks for that plug, mm-hmm. you will probably be throwing on some Netflix. You'll be throwing on some Hulu. You'll be watching some movies. And an interesting debate came about this week. Do you have the internal fortitude to stop watching a movie if you think it's going to be trash after 15 minutes or so? Or are you such a loyalist because you devoted the time to sit down, put the popcorn, put the cheese curds in front of you, and watch the damn movie? Are you going to see it to the end even if you know it's going to be a terrible movie? If I'm watching it alone and this was just me finding a movie and putting it on and sitting down, I'm going to wait and see if I like it. And if I don't like it, I'll shut it off. If I'm with other people, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt because normally if you're with other people, they either ask you to watch it with you or it's someone suggested to you and that's why you're watching it. So I'll definitely watch it in a group. If someone's there and telling me it's going to be a good movie, but if I'm just searching for a movie and I don't think it's good in that 15 minutes, see you later. I don't care. I'll put on another one. I've always been, and again, I'm not a huge movie watcher, but when I do... So if I sit you down and start a movie, do you have to stay there no matter what? I could leave? If it's, if I'm with a group, if I'm with you, I probably won't speak up because I will be, you know, the minority and say, oh, this is terrible, we got to get rid of this. But if I'm by myself and I, I'm controlling the clicker, I have the freedom, I still probably will sit there... If I'm 99% sure that it's going to be a trash Adam Sandler Netflix movie, I will probably still sit there. I won't have the fortitude, unless I have a sort of flash in the pan sort of moment, uh, light, light bulb sort of moment where, okay, let's watch this instead. But for the most part, that's rare. For the most part, I think it will be me sitting my can down and watching a full movie. I, I think I'm too dedicated. I'm too loyal even if it's going to be a terrible movie. And this was a big debate because on our friends of the show, Sean Marash and Damon Amendolara, who we've had on the show before, they were talking about, in the spirit of Halloween a couple weeks ago, Hubie Halloween came out on Netflix with Mr. Adam Sandler. And it apparently was such a terrible storyline, such a terrible plot, Adam Sandler inked this deal with Netflix a couple of years ago, Zach, that has paid him millions of millions of dollars to basically make trash movies. And Hubie Halloween was apparently such a terrible storyline that... So take Hubie Halloween as the perfect example. What's a what's a classic movie that you know stinks that you could not... The Paul Blart Mall Cup's the second one. Okay, so yeah. Hangover one. 3. Pick a terrible movie that you know is terrible. But... Imagine you haven't seen it before. Okay. Imagine sitting down to watch Hubie Halloween and being after 15 minutes absolutely frustrated with boredom, absolutely done, hashtag done, with the movie. You know the storyline is going to be trash. You already know how it's going to pan out. It's going to be just a crappy type Adam Sandler Netflix movie. Are you going to sit are you going to punt and just let go and move on to the next choice? Or do you have the fortitude or are you are you going to be stuck there to stay with the whole movie? And for me, I probably lean towards the latter. It's really hard for me to stick or excuse me, not stick with a movie. I don't know why it's the nature of a movie. 
a podcast I can do, a podcast I can give up on after 15 minutes or so. If but I but a movie you're not gonna. If I don't like the story, the movie is I feel like more of a you know personal type. You got to sit down, you know, get the popcorn out, get the cheese curds out, and sit and dedicate your time to a podcast. It, I feel like it may be different because. You can listen to them while you're walking or, you know, working out, listening to music, uh, not listening to music, going for a run. But movies presents that different atmosphere, different landscape where I find it really hard to back out after 15 or so minutes when I know that it's a trash movie or it's going to end up being trash. But kudos to you and any other one who's has the mental fortitude to go in with that mindset all right let's move let's move on to our next caller who is on the air caller you're on the air hello hi (sighs) introduce yourself please hello hi it's shelly and lizzie and humphrey hi shelly lizzie and humphrey how you doing how you doing today we're doing good. good. We came um, on the air to announce NARP of the Week this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And uh, go ahead. And we wanted to give it to uh, Matt. Okay. Matt. All so right. Matt is he our... Is, he's at a jiu-jitsu tournament right now in Illinois. Our fourth roommate. And he, and he busted up... injured el- elbow. Yeah, he busted up his elbow. And why are you giving it to him? Just, just for his... Uh, Sympathy? Yeah. Determination. Dedication. Dedication. Yeah, facts. Let me ask you you a more personal question. If this was Brian who sprained his elbow, would you be calling him an inspiration? An inspiration? (laughs) I think it's Humphrey. If it was Zach, if it was Zach that broke or sprained his elbow, it, substitute no, Matt I think for it's Zach. just because it's Matt, but I'll, I'll give it to him. Matt had a great week. He I'm kept pushing asking you. me to I'm run. Pushing you a little bit. He kept asking me to run a, a bunch of times with his. What, what? Anyone know what actually happened to his elbow? I, I Not a clue. Clue. Like, pulled it. Pulled it. <laughs> Can you pull an elbow? Very Is detailed explanation, Schefter. All right, nurse. <laughs> nurse yeah, Lizzie. My, it's my diagnosis. Diagnosis. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for While calling we're here, in. I got one more question. While we're here, give your dog report of the week. How did Humphrey do sitting right next to you? Ooh. Um, question. Well, he did pee next to us this week, so that was a little upsetting that's while we were upstairs. A, that's a minus one. He got excited, probably. He was just probably too excited. <laughs> it was a lot of pee. It was a lot of pee. But, yep. you know, whenever I've taken him outside, he's done his business and yep. come in right away when I asked him to. So he's been real good. And he's been way. extra cuddly this week. So I've appreciated that. Awesome. And we'll have to get him outside and uh, be in athletics so that he can tape NARP of the week when we come back after vacation. After our 100%. Love it. 100%. <laughs> All right. That's well, a thank you very much that's for calling in, letting me know that Matt. Didn't deserve NARP of the week, but still giving it to him. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. I think it. Matt did more than you this week, Zach. Got it. Got it. All right. Noted. Don't, don't Noted. rub salt in the wound. Have a good Sorry, sorry Zach. Sorry, <laughs> okay. Zach. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Even though we'll see you in a couple minutes going yeah, back probably. to our house. So Matt crowns NARP of the week this week because he did 
Indeed. If you've seen him, I'll give him one thing. Everyone on air listening, Pardon? Matt. None of the, not a list, ton of listeners know Matt because he hasn't been on no, air. No, he hasn't. He wants to. He wants, he wants to, talk to make about, his on-air debut soon. He wants to talk about some um, UFC fighting. but 100%. Matt is a strong-willed, determinated person, and when he decides to do something, he's going to do it no matter what. And this past week, he... Pull, I guess Lizzie said pulled his elbow, but I he, think it was he really sprained and injured his elbow. And I see him in the kitchen every like three hours rewrapping his elbow with a bandage and like whatever frozen fruit or vegetable he has in his freezer. <laughs> so he's gone through everything from peas to like holding steaks up to his elbow. No, and he wrap, yeah, and he wraps it up and he, oh he keeps my. it nice and it all works out in the end. and Hopefully I can I can compete with him when we come back for NARP of the week. Those that, that was a great way to end off uh, a slow NARP of the week uh, semester competition. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a slow year. I mentioned we played the clip one year ago NARP of the week. Brian, the whole being promoted in jujitsu, going up five flights, and we asked all the questions. Has anything changed since then? In term in the scope of the NARP of the week. Has NARP of the Week fell in quality since then? No. I no, would. I think we've we've fallen from describing who gets NARP of the Week, but I feel like we've all been more athletic. How's that? We may have all been more. You have definitely been more athletic. Um, the segment's quality, I think, has gone down, and that's as as part, you know, producer of the show, I'll right, take let's, responsibility for that. Let's make it more that. competitive when we come back. How we, about that? We had a whiteboard last year that Shelly, who you just heard on air, would update with all the athletic things it's, or non-athletic things that we did that week between myself, you, Brian, and Matt. Yeah. And a couple other, you know, honorable mentions that we used to um, live with. So if you're a NARP and you want to start writing down stuff you did so that we can judge you based on your <laughs> NARPiness, I don't you're get welcome that. to send it in. I'll probably tell you you didn't win. But probably Zach will mentioned. tell you if it's not you. I bet he he he'll tell you that it's not you. So that's okay. You can still submit anyway on Twitter at GrubMUR or on Instagram GrubMUR. Thanks to the listeners who put in those listener submission questions for Kevin Pelton on Instagram. I got great feedback from our man Tom Foster, our man Sam down in Oswego, and so on. So we've got. Four minutes, but I, I've this is sort of garbage time type show show content. I mentioned being concerned about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers after their big loss to the Saints this week, and it seems like I'm on an island saying I'm not concerned because with the weapons that Brady has around him, he doesn't need to be the hero. And it's it's sort of a similar situation to Kirk Cousins up in Minnesota, where if he go if he doesn't do too much. I know Brady, he threw he threw three interceptions, excuse me, against New Orleans, and he didn't look good. But I feel like this would be a bounce-back week um, for Tampa. And as Antonio Brown continues to hopefully gel into that offense, I have hope that, again, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, they're not feuding. And, you know, his old team, the Patriots, I think as much as Uncle Chris thinks they suck – they're at home against the Ravens uh, on Sunday Night Football. The Ravens have had a couple letdown weeks. Lamar Jackson actually admitted to the media this week that uh, defenses are calling the Ravens plays before they snap the ball. 
So that shows, that's, that's, that's a, a sign of weakness right there. So if you're looking for maybe a cover, I'm not saying the Patriots win the game outright, but for gambling, for entertainment purposes only, having that point spread be, I want to check that point spread while we're here. Um, it will be, as I quick Google the spread where it's at right now, I'm going to say you could pick the Patriots' spread. Okay, so it's Ravens minus seven. Will this game be under a touchdown? I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll find that's, out. There's, uh, a, there's, a Monday night, there's a Monday night game that we should be watching. That's where we, we should be at least mentioning with the Vikings playing the Bears with the NFC North battle. Battle for the NFC North. Um. Can the Vikings turn their season around with the win against the Bears Monday yeah, night? They, Absolutely, they have an absolute chance to to turn the way the season's been going. Jump into one of those wild card direction. spots, <laughs> and as the NFL uh, submitted a plan this week, a tentative new playoff format. If COVID nineteen forces them to not get enough games done, if they can't even finish in the week eighteen, de facto week eighteen that's been implemented as a result of COVID nineteen. They may expand to eight teams per conference, which would bode even better for the Minnesota Vikings. So if you're looking for a team, a dark horse playoff team, look out for Minnesota. We're very high on them because they seem to have found the winning formula. Again, sort of a similar situation to Tom Brady down in Tampa. Kirk Cousins, if he doesn't do too much, let Dalvin Cook. They're going to run the ball. Their defense will be fine. And I think that's their winning formula. But as we wrap up, yeah, as we wrap up, last question as we play are one of our favorite songs Pie and Ice Cream. It's the most American dish you can have, especially going into Thanksgiving. But Zach, you're, you're the biggest pie connoisseur I know. Give me your pie rundown. What are you having this month? Apple pie, Thanksgiving Day, can't stop me. Going in the oven before dinner's even finished. And it's going to come out before dinner's done. And it's going to be sitting right there. Before dinner? No, no, it'll be just directly after. You know that grace period people usually take? I say, uh uh-uh. None of that. I don't need to wait after I I finish my meal. dinner dessert grace period. Nope, I'm going right after it. I could do four hours on that. I'm going to go right after it. The dinner dessert grace period. Some people think it's zero seconds. Some people think it's 30 minutes. Some people wait until the football games are over. And we got a good Raven Steelers next week, Thanksgiving night. That'll cap off, put a little cherry on top of your pie. So look forward to that. Tweet us with your dinner and great uh, dinner dessert grace period. That's a perfect poll question. Yeah, let's hear it. How long do you wait before you start getting your desserts out on Thanksgiving night? And everyone, be safe. We are thankful for you, Zach. I'm thankful for you. We finished the semester. It's been a long haul. One of the most, as we wear masks in the studio, this will be one of the weirdest semesters of Games and Grub that you'll ever see. And we, as we played the sort of revisionist history clips of all of the shows that we've done in the past, I'm just super, super blessed to be able to be on year three of the show. Thanks for all your support. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to Uncle Chris, Lizzie, Shelly, Humphrey, and... 
our man Matthew Wolf for calling in. Sorry you didn't make the cut, but thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. When that fork You know I will be coming home Yeah, when that fork horn was a blow